0: This is an All Ears English podcast episode 1774. Three tips for confident business emails in English with author Erin Labax. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast downloaded more than 200 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection with your American host, Lindsay McMahon, and today's featured guest coming to you from Denver, Colorado, USA. And to get your transcripts delivered by email every week, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash subscribe. Want to be more confident in your important business emails to a Western audience? In this episode, I interview Erin LaBax, an American author and writing teacher to international professionals, and she'll give you three crucial tips for confident and clear business emails. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/tech. All lowercase. That's Shopify.com/tech. Hello, Aaron. Welcome to All Ears English. How are you today?
1: Hi, Lindsay. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you today.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show and talk about writing. One of the topics I know all of our listeners are so excited to learn more about. Guys, I'm excited today to introduce you to our guest, Erin LaBax. She is an author and teacher. She's taught writing internationally to international students and professionals for the last 25 years. And nowadays she's focusing more on business writing, which is where we are going to, going to come in here today. She's also the writer of high value writing. That is your latest book, right, Aaron?
1: Yep. 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 It's a new, new book based on conversations with writers around the world.
0: Awesome. I'm so excited. So let's just go straight into it. I'm going to ask you our first question Because I think our listeners are going to really understand your answer and really feel your answer here. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the biggest challenge that everyone has with especially email writing, business email writing, native speakers and non-native speakers? What would you say that is, Erin?
1: Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. I think from all the people I've talked to and taught around the world, we all have something in common in this way that we get a little bit nervous about our emails And so I think that the issues of confidence when you're kind of like, oh my gosh, my screen is blank. How do I know how to start? How do I know if this is going to sound right to the person who's reading it, et cetera? It's very nervous making for many people.
0: Yeah. There's nothing more scary than that blank email, especially when you feel like there's a lot writing on it. Right. Right. Yeah. You can
1: feel like your writing represents you. Um, and you're writing to somebody important and you want to make sure that they respond in the way that you hope. So it can really feel like a very serious situation when we're emailing for work.
0: Yeah, I love it. So hopefully today's tips are going to help us get at that fear, because I think the key for getting over fear in life anywhere is understanding what to do and then going ahead and taking action. Would you agree with that, Aaron?
1: I sure do. I think knowledge is power. And in this case, it's kind of like, if we understand that there are strategies we can use to make our emails work, we can feel more confident.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I love it. So good. So let's go into today's topic today, Erin, you're going to give us three tips and we're talking about how to make sure we are writing confident emails specifically for a Western business audience. So this is for our listeners who may be living in the US or the UK, and they're doing business in English, they're emailing their colleagues or customers, clients, or if you guys are living in Asia or Brazil or Western Europe, and you need to write those emails, right? And you are writing to a native speaking Western audience. So let's go into it. Aaron, what would be your first tip on how to do this?
1: Well, my first tip is that Westerners and, and many people around the world, but Westerners really, really do in a business email, expect there to be a clear main point. Okay. Um, and so your readers may be opening up your email thinking, okay, I wonder what this is for. And I wonder if I need to do something. And so they're going to be looking for that information in the email right away. What is okay. this about?
0: All right. So this is going to lead me to the follow-up question. What do you see as the common mistake to this? Like, what are your students doing? Mm-hmm. Um, that Are they bearing the lead? You know, are they, I love that yeah. expression, by the way. Can you kind of explain what that means, bearing the lead?
1: Yes, certainly. And that's exactly what, what people do. It's, you may have written an email where you feel like you said your main point clearly, and yet the person didn't understand, or they called you, or they didn't email back in the way that you thought. Mm. Well, it could be because that you might've buried the lead, um, as Lindsay was mentioning, which means kind of hiding your main point later in the email Okay. and the idea of a lead being kind of a main point, what's the most important thing we need to know that needs to happen right away. Um, I would say after you do your friendly greeting, um, put in the main point in the top paragraph.
0: I love that. I love that. We should do a follow-up episode on the actual vocabulary we might use to start to signal to the reader, hey, this is the main point. But could you give us an example uh, of maybe just off the top of your head, what that would look like as you're leading into the main point? Any sense of that?
1: Yeah, as you're leading into the main point, you might have said something to briefly give a little bit of context. You know, you might let them know, oh, this email relates to the conversation we had about hiring some new staff, Mm -hmm. or this relates to something about supplies that we need, getting the reader's mind in the right place to receive your main point, but then you don't want to wait too long. You really want that main point to happen quite soon in the beginning.
0: I love it. So the first tip here guys is, you know, this is the way to confident emails, make sure you state your main point at the beginning. And you know, this might be cultural too. I know both you and I are interculturalists, right? So we always think about culture. At least I do speak for myself. When I think about language, I think about culture. I wonder if, you know, other cultures around the world, that's good writing, right. To put the main point somewhere in the middle, you know, what do you think?
1: I agree with with what you're you're looking at there, because we have cultural differences often with what level of directness is expected, for example. And a lot of Westerners, and especially Americans, are looking for that direct, immediate, clear point. But in many cultures, we consider it more polite to talk about some relational things or be slightly less direct. We might feel like it seemed aggressive to be direct, and we might put that main point later but many Westerners will be expecting the main point soon in the email. So it's okay to do that for that audience.
0: Okay, I love it. So that is our first tip. That's so important, guys. If you only implement this one tip today, you are gonna be so much more confident, but we do have two more, right, Aaron? So what would be our second tip? Yeah, what is it?
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear, check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our second tip is, you know, the reader, when they open up your email, they're wondering what it's about, but they're also wondering if what their part is. Right, And when you receive an email, you may do that too. You might think, I wonder what this is for, but also, do I have to do anything? Ah. And so, yeah, we we need to sometimes include that other person in the email. And we can do that by writing what Westerners often call a call to action. And that can be a sentence that lets the reader know what do they need to do in response.
0: I love it. So these are kind of action items or an action item, a call to action. Now, how do you d- recommend doing this, Erin? Is this a, if it's a long email, is it a bullet, a bulleted list or is it just a final sentence? And where does it go in the email? Yeah,
1: great questions. I think when you're writing your call to action, one of the most important things to think about is your verb. Because like Lindsay said, these are actions, these are things that the reader is going to do. Do you want them to submit changes to the document? Do you want them to reply with an extra piece of information or provide a file, right? So think about your verb and think about do they need any details like a deadline or Mm. a place or a when, but then we actually still want to put our call to action fairly close to the beginning in an email. And that can feel a little bit counterintuitive, like Mm -hmm. not what you might expect because we might think, well, I need to explain everything, and then at the bottom say, and here's what to do. But really, then we run the risk Mm -hmm. that what if they don't get to the bottom of the email, or what if they don't read the email with that action in mind? Mm -hmm. So we actually do want the call to action to come fairly soon after the main point in the beginning. You can always refer to it again later, but you do want to give at least the hint that, hey, reader, you have a part in this too, towards the beginning.
0: I love that. So the trend that I'm seeing here is we're trying to write an email as, you know, maybe it is, you know, a couple, a little bit longer, maybe it's a few paragraphs long, but really they could read the first two sentences and know exactly what you're talking about and what to do. And by when, is that right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's key because, you know, everybody is busy and there's always the chance that someone is reading your email and then gets a phone call or gets called away in some way. You want to make sure they've gotten the most important core of your point and their action before that happens.
0: I love that. I love that. And I want to encourage you guys, our listeners, focus on your verbs here, as Aaron said, right? Submit, reply, respond, you know, or even things like let me know or more casual things. Right. So work on those verbs. And that could be another great episode. I love that idea. Okay. So Make sure they understand their action items and by when the deadline is so important. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the
1: deadline's important. And you know, one thing to kind of one risk we run when we write a call to action is sometimes in order to be polite, we make it a little soft and uh-huh. then it can sound like a suggestion, which isn't uh-huh. enough. Mm-hmm. So we actually do have to add that deadline and make it clear that we're asking for something.
0: Yes, interesting. And some of this, I think, could depend on your company culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that you give kind of a directive, you know, a, a direction you ask someone to do something for you, how direct that information is could depend on your style or your company style. This is where we want to observe how other people's emails look in our company, don't you think?
1: I totally agree. It's a cultural issue. And yeah. cultures are large and regional, but they're also just within companies. Yeah. What's what's courteous in your company, et cetera.
0: I love that. That's so interesting. Okay. So good. So knowing our role, knowing, making sure our, you know, our reader, it's all about the reader. What should they do? And by when this is great, what would be your third tip, Erin, for confident business emails to a Western audience?
1: Yeah. Well, my third tip is actually my favorite tip, which is the fact that you can get your reader completely ready to understand your main point and your call to action by writing a subject line that previews both of them. Yes. So kind of back to that idea that you want your reader to learn right away Mm -hmm. from your first paragraph, just in case they can't read the whole email right then. Well, even better, get them to start learning right there in the subject line. Uh, So when I write a subject line, I'll write two part subject line, one part that refers to the topic, the main point sentence, and one part that refers to the action. mm -hmm. So if it was something like, new hiring committee, and let me know if you want to be on the hiring committee. I might say, new manager hiring committee, colon, reply if you'd like to be on the committee. So use a a short email subject line that previews both the main point and the action, like food drive, colon, donate soon.
0: I love that. I love that. This is so good. And I think from the opposite perspective for our students, our listeners, making sure they understand an email, we know that if we have a little preview of something mm-hmm. from a learning perspective, we learn better. We yes. know what's coming. Now we can open that email. Our mind, it's like um, at Allers English, we like to call it opening your brain box. So what the email does is it opens our brain box huh. to what's going to be in that email And we'll understand it better. We won't make a mistake in our reading. So imagine how useful this is, not just for you guys, but for your reader, right? Even if they're a native speaker of English, they need this from you. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's all about helping the reader. Yeah. If they open your email already knowing what to expect, you're already having that conversation.
0: Yeah, interesting. Interesting. I hadn't really thought about subject lines as being such a key part of writing the email. Have you? had to work to improve your subject lines over the years, Erin, and how have you done that just by pure experience or have you done any kind of training on those? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I have had to work on them. Um, and I think email subject lines have changed as the things we email about have changed. And yeah. now, of course, we email about everything since many of us are remote from one another. Right. And so I think over that time, I've made my email subject lines more actionable. I think I used to just say the topic. Like maybe I'm working on a, a brochure with mm-hmm. some other people and I'd like their edits on my draft. I mm-hmm. might just say brochure draft attached. Uh-huh. But now I say brochure draft colon edits requested.
0: Edits requested. So you're putting the action right there in the email. You yeah, because we're so much more inundated and it's so much more important because we don't have that touch base in person anymore. Right. Wow, that's so good. Okay, I love this. So just to summarize your first tip, remind us one more time, Erin. What was that first tip?
1: To write a main point sentence. Make sure you can literally point to a sentence in your email and say, look, there's my main point. And make sure it's in the beginning.
0: Yes. As we say, don't bury that lead, guys. Right. And number two, what was that? That was to provide a call
1: to action. And it's it's still courteous. It's okay to let your reader know what you would like from them whether yes. you want them to send back edits or whatever it might be. They right. want that information. They want to know their action very clearly to make it easier for them.
0: I love it. I love it. And the third one, the simple way to get someone ready. Yeah, we can get somebody ready, get their brain
1: box open by making sure that our email subject line previews the top, maybe two words about the topic, two words about the action.
0: I love get it. Them ready. This is fantastic. I got like 10 new episode ideas, new things that you and I should talk about, Erin, that we should go into that I think our listeners are going to find really useful. I want to thank you for coming on the show today, Erin. This has been fantastic. Let our listeners know where they can find out more about your work and what you're doing online. Where can we go?
1: Yeah, well, I'd love to get to... Connect with some of you online. You can look for my book, High Value Writing Real Strategies for Real World Writing um, on Amazon and other places around the world. And then I have a YouTube channel, which is just called High Value Writing, also. So you can find me there with some other videos on similar topics.
0: I love it. And just coming back to the fear that we talked about in the beginning, guys, this is the way to get past the fear of that blank email. When the stakes feel high, Come back to these tips because again, we work through fear. We become confident by taking action, but doing the correct things in our actions. Right, Aaron?
1: Right. Well, and understanding what we're doing and feeling like we're doing them on purpose.
0: Yes. Intention- helps us feel confident. Being intentional. So good. All right, Aaron, thanks again for coming on the show. It was great talking to you. And I hope to see you again soon.
1: I hope so too. Thanks so much, Lindsay. Thanks for Bye. having me. Bye, everybody.